Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, unfortunately, we have another video game lawsuit to discuss. California has sued Activision Blizzard, one of the biggest gaming publishers in the world, for what IGN describes here as allegations of a frat boy culture and sexual harassment. Now, as are most headlines, you should obviously read the article, you should watch episodes of Virtual Legality on these things, this isn't exactly a fulsome description of what the lawsuit is about. These things are included and they are important and we are of course going to discuss them, but they are really only part of the picture of what the state of California is suing over. Since a number of you asked me to talk about this and I did a Twitter thread that's been one of my more popular that you can check out if you're so interested, I wanted to do this video to discuss what the state of California has done, how they've done it, why they've done it, what it means, and why in all cases we should be taking a step back, evaluating what California has said, evaluating what Activision has said, and allowing the process to do its work. Now, you might also be reminded as we discuss this case of something that happened last year uh, in which a settlement was tried to be achieved for a class action that was brought on similar grounds by some employees of League of Legends creator Riot and the state of California intervening in that particular settlement negotiation to say the settlement wasn't good enough. So the state of California has been looking at this issue and video games as an industry for some time. So this isn't quite the surprise that you might expect, but certainly some of the examples, some of the things that California alleges having happened at Activision Blizzard are eye-opening. On that note, we will be talking about things in this video that are probably uncomfortable for some of you and not great to hear about. I give you that warning so that you can skip that part. You can skip this video if you are so interested. The other disclaimer that I want to give is that for those of you that know me, that know virtual legality, you're probably aware that I have a family member that works in a studio owned by Activision Blizzard. I want you to know I have not discussed any of this with him. I have not discussed the fact that I'm making this video with him or the lawsuit or its existence at all, but I want to make that disclaimer so that you can choose to say, well, this guy's analysis is just biased because he's got family working for the company. I think by the time you get to the end of this video, you won't think that, but I want to get those disclaimers. I want to get those cards out on the table because that's important to me and it's important for me to you to know about those relationships. With that all said, let's start taking a look at this. I also want to offer my apologies. The way that California filed this particular document has prevented my highlighter from working, so you're going to have to bear with me. I'll try to use my mouse to talk a little bit more fulsomely about where I'm discussing a particular portion of this lawsuit document, uh, but we are going to have to go without the fun colors that maybe some of you have gotten used to here in this space. Now, this was filed July 20th, so a couple of days ago. We can see it was filed by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, an agency of the state of California against Activision and its publishing and Doe's 1 through 10, John Doe's 1 through 10, which we will see is effectively a reservation for the state of California identifying what appears to be executives, managers, people that work at Activision, that they can pin specific blame on certain events that they are claiming here and more that they might find through a discovery process. So individuals are contemplated here. They aren't named, which presents its own kind of problem when the state of California does name a few people that aren't otherwise able to provide 
their own defense here. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the strategies. But if you aren't familiar with how the state of California works, I can't blame you. The state of California has a department here, DFEH, Fair Employment and Housing, that takes complaints from potential employees. You can see this very easy to understand flowchart, the law in it grand, that says, okay, you contact the department. Uh, maybe they say, okay, you have the right to sue them. Or they take in your form, they figure out whether they have jurisdiction over whatever it is you're complaining about. They accept your complaint, they investigate, and then when your investigation shows that a cause of action might have accrued, that the department actually has a violation that they want to pursue, yes, they enter mandatory mediation with that party, which we will see described in this lawsuit, which can either settle, or if it doesn't settle, might result in prosecution by the department in court, which is where we are right now after this complaint was filed. At that point, it can either settle or it can go through the trial process and be adjudged by the court. Most cases everywhere on every topic settle because at the end of the day, no one wants to pay for the whole legal process, the lawyers, hey, we're expensive and everything else only to arrive at a place where you're still paying somebody money, you're still in trouble for something. So most cases, if the parties can have a similar in concept valuation of what's happening in the particular case will settle because the legal process is expensive and time consuming. And more importantly for claims like this, if you're Activision, you would have to allow the department to go even further through your documents, through your compensation decisions, which are essentially the black box of every decision-making at every major corporation. And nobody wants the state or any regulatory body, if you're running a, a company, to have to go through that information because you never know what's gonna pop out of that process. So settlement is the most likely scenario even after this lawsuit has been filed, but you can see through this process that there should have been mediation and we will see Activision actually complain about that when we review their comment to IGN at the end of this video. So you've got an action by the state of California. It says, headquartered in California since the 1970s were the nation's strongest anti-harassment equal pay and other equal employment opportunity protections exist for employees, footnote one, with a bunch of articles about how grand California is on this. Defendants should be a safe haven workplace in the video gaming industry. Sexism has plagued the male-dominated gaming industry for decades, and increasingly so in recent years. And then they quote a bunch of articles. Feminist critics, video games facing threats in Gamergate campaign. Hello, YouTube reviewers. I did say the words Gamergate. I apologize. What is hashtag Gamergate and why are women being threatened about video games? Dozens of women in gaming speak out about sexism and harassment. The E2 movement fighting back against sexual harassment in electronic sports. Now you might look at that and say, well, actually those are articles primarily about uh, critics, people on Twitch, folks in esports that don't directly relate to the making of the video games. And you would be right there. You'd also be right to note that as far as complaints about discrimination and harassment at a given game publisher, this is actually neither here nor there. This is a paragraph like so many introduction paragraphs we've seen in lawsuits that isn't actually framing the lawsuit or the elements of the claim that the plaintiff here is going to make as much as it's trying to set the ground for the tone that the reader of this document should understand this lawsuit is made in. Said another way, they are trying to establish that sexism, harassment, all this stuff is very bad. It's been in the video game industry for years. And so it should be no surprise to you, your honor, gentlemen and ladies of the jury, that this is a problem at Activision Blizzard. They continue, women and girls now make up almost half of gamers in America, but the gaming industry continues to cater to men even in California, Activision Blizzard's double-digit percentage growth, 10-figure annual revenues, and recent diversity marketing campaigns have unfortunately changed little. 
Defendants' compliance with California's broad workplace protections is long overdue. To enforce such compliance, the department brings this government enforcement action seeking to remedy, prevent, and deter defendants' violations of the state's civil rights and equal pay laws to vindicate the rights of defendants' female employees and the public interest of the state of California. So this is an introduction paragraph. It doesn't say anything specific. We wouldn't expect it to. It does say video game industry is a problem in general. And we are taking this action as an agency of the state to vindicate most specifically defendants' female employees. And we'll see as we read through this lawsuit that this amounts to a class action. They'll use the term capital G for group to indicate that they are trying to ask for damages and protections and everything else for what they describe as every aggrieved woman at Activision Blizzard. And that presents a potential problem because rather than just fighting over one specific set of circumstances, they're going to have to show that there's a systemic institutional issue at Activision Blizzard that's going to be quite difficult and isn't done in this complaint because you can't really do it in a camp in a complaint like this. So they give examples that are not going to rise to the level of winning the case for them as of this time, but are going to rise to the level, in my opinion, of course, that will defeat a summary dismissal. It's well pled. It's a document that's going to get them past that process and is going to put Activision on its back foot to either settle, to avoid discovery, or to uh, get everything ready for a big, 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 messy litigation. A couple of points here. They describe Activision Blizzard, headquartered in California, as one of America's largest video game developers and distributors with approximately 9,500 employees and over 100 million players worldwide. That number is important. This is a big company. So one of the other things that California is facing here is that just having three, four, five, seven incidents of problems at the company out of 9,500 employees might again not rise to the level of systemic issues. The state of California has to come in here and establish in a case like this one brought as a class action against the company itself that they have pervasive problems across their company that they turned a blind eye, that they rejected reasonable steps to prevent those problems. And they can make that case. One thing I want to say, as you probably saw at the top of my thread, is everything here is important. These are serious complaints. They deserve to be taken seriously. When you hear me talk about some of the issues, some of the hurdles that California will have to jump over. That is not to say that they can't. That is not to say that they can't win their case. It is to suggest, however, that it's not the slam dunk that it might appear to be and that if Activision decides to go to the mattresses and fight this thing fully with its legal power, you can expect things to get pretty heated as we already saw in their response to IGN, which in my opinion was probably ill-advised. We'll get to that it's not terribly genteel in tone, especially to the state, uh, but it does suggest that there are passions and emotions running high, probably from both sides, California and Activision. And in those circumstances, that's when you get the very rare, huge bet the company type litigation. And that could happen here. Unlike its customer base of increasingly diverse players, defendants' workforce is only about 20% women. Its top leadership is also exclusively male and white. And again, that's neither here nor there for the complaint in this document. The CEO and president roles are now and have always been held by white men. Very few women ever reach top roles at the company. The women who do reach higher roles, earn less salary, incentive pay, and total compensation than their male peers, as evidenced in defendants' own records. And... Here's where we start to see California, in my opinion, of course, making a misstep, a significant one. First, we see that unlike the reporting at IGN, 
California isn't opening up with the harassment complaints. In fact, the harassment complaints, which are what is being reported on most often that I have seen in gaming journalism outlets, are not the focus of this complaint. The focus of this complaint is discrimination, which we'll take a look at. And one of the most significant points, which is the first thing that they bring up here, is a discrimination in pay. And they use as evidence, and they use a lot of space in this actual document, which isn't so long, their proxy statement to the SEC that says the following. Bobby Kotick makes $154 million. He's the chief executive officer. Dennis Durkin makes $13 million. He's the chief financial officer. Daniel Allegri makes $13 million. Claudine Naughton, which is the only identifiable female name on this list, the chief people officer only makes $4 million or so. And Crispy Walther, which we can see here is actually the lawyer, makes about $3 million or so. And they are using this to, again, establish that the women who do reach higher roles, like chief people officer, make less than their male peers. The primary problem with this complaint, as you might have already adduced, is that chief people officer is not chief executive officer, is not chief financial officer, is not chief legal officer, is not chief operating officer. CEO is responsible for the strategy of the company. CFO is responsible for the money. COO is responsible for the day-to-day tactician type stuff at a company. The lawyer is the lawyer and the chief people officer. Very important role, worth $4 million, is responsible for human resources, for the processes and procedures that go along with human resources. And ideally would be one of the people that would be named as responsible for the problems that are put in this particular complaint, except that as a woman, I can't imagine that that's actually what the state of California intends here. And especially because they're using her as an example of not getting enough pay. Now, obviously Bobby Kotick's pay has been in the news. It's not $13 million, it's $155 million. And that's worthy of consideration. But when we're looking at legal elements of a case and what you have to show is that women are treated differently than men, making the same kind of job decisions, doing the same kind of things, This is a terrible, terrible example of that. And that's a bad foot for California to start on because it doesn't prove their point. It will be very easy for Activision to smack down, even if you hate Activision. Like the executive ranks, California continues, women across the company are assigned to lower paid and lower opportunity levels. Now, we want to pay attention to that because, again, one of the things that the state of California is really pushing hard on here is that Activision as an institution has a bias against women. And that bias is manifested in terminating them more often, in paying them less, and in doing those kinds of things. Probably refusal to hire, although it's not articulated terribly well in this document. And one of the things that California tries to elide and kind of skip as part of this complaint is the notion that different people might be at different roles, might have different work, might have different merit attached to what it is that they are doing. And California presents some examples that are pretty clearly problematic from the Activision side on equal pay. But as an overall kind of thesis, having been assigned to lower paid and lower opportunity levels sounds, if you're so generous to Activision, like people that are hired for different roles and different jobs. And to the extent that they are, The state of California tries to combine female counterparts and male counterparts in a way that might be defeatable by Activision when it actually comes to presenting their case because there are so many different types of jobs. There are so many different types of cities that Activision actually operates in, and that could be a thorn in California's side here. 
female employees receive lower starting pay and also earn less than male employees for substantially similar work. And that would be a problem. That's the assertion here, the magic incantation that would result in a problem for Activision. But California kind of elides what exactly it means by substantially similar work. Defendants promote women more slowly and terminate them more quickly than their male counterparts. Faced with such adverse terms and conditions of employment, many women have been forced to leave the company. They're going to present a constructive termination case here as part of this particular complaint that says, hey, if we make it bad enough for you, it's like we fired you, which is the problem and which is perfectly well pled as far as I can see in this document. Then we get into kind of combining that discrimination idea with a harassment idea. And this is what was reported on. This is the lasciviousness. This is the stuff that's newsworthy for a lot of publications. It's what IGN went out with in their headline. Defendants have also fostered a pervasive frat boy workplace culture that continues to thrive. In the office, women are subjected to cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. All of this is bad. Can't honestly recommend drinking events in companies. However, we have to like dive deep into this and say, okay, so if you've got a cube crawl, is it really that only men can drink and the women are at the cubes? What, what does this actually look like in practice? Uh, and again, because this is the complaint, California doesn't have to present that defensive evidence. We wouldn't expect them to. But when we read through one of these, anybody can write whatever they want in a complaint. And we have to read through them and say, okay, is this exactly what is happening here? Obviously, a very bad idea. Can't recommend it because it looks like this. And it also looks like this when faced with discrimination charges, which are the bulk of what the state of California actually offers here. Male employees proudly come into work hungover play video games for long periods of time during work while delegating their responsibilities to female employees, engage in banner about their sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and joke about rape. All of which is horrible, with one exception, possibly, which is that you'll see the state of California use this play video games, play Call of Duty a lot in this document without actually referencing the fact that Activision Blizzard makes Call of Duty, makes video games, that there are legitimate reasons why someone in a given role could play video games at the office in this particular job. So while it looks terrible if, say, somebody at Hogue Law is just sitting around playing video games when they should be doing work, it doesn't look nearly the same for someone that's doing competitive analysis on a design that they're making at Activision, and they're playing video games to determine what's hot in the market and what they should adopt for their own game. So it's, again absolutely terrible when you read all of this and it should be something that is looked at very carefully by the state this is serious and activision should be stopping things like jokes about rape in the workplace but we have to take it with a grain of salt because this is the complaint that's trying to establish this uh, in the first instance unsurprisingly defendants frat boy culture is a breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women now as i just said harassment and discrimination are different. We're going to come back to that in just a second as we look at how the state defines these things. Female employees are subjected to constant sexual harassment, including having to continually fend off unwanted sexual comments and advances by their so-called by their male coworkers and supervisors and being groped at the cube crawls and other company events, which sounds absolutely awful. High-ranking executives and creators engaged in blatant sexual harassment without repercussions. In a particularly tragic example, a female employee committed suicide during a business trip with a male supervisor who had brought sexual equipment uh, with him on the trip. Defendants continuously condone the quid pro quo and hostile work environment. The message is not lost on their employees. And we'll get to these harassment examples, and I'm going to try to avoid using some of the more uh, lascivious comments if I can. 
Numerous complaints about unlawful harassment, discrimination, and retaliation were made to defendants' human resources personnel and executives, including to Blizzard Entertainment's president, but defendants failed to take effective remedial measures in response to these complaints. It's one of the reasons why you present these examples. As you can say to the court, you say, hey, if these examples exist, if they continue to exist, even if they're fairly occasional, then it's clear that the company isn't doing enough to stop them. The problem is no company can be perfect. Even the state of California understands that. So what's required are reasonable measures to try to stop these things. And somebody could have been a saint for 20 years and decide to go off the deep end and do something bad. And if you take proper actions at that time, then you probably as an employer shouldn't be held legally liable for that because you've done all that you can and human beings are human beings. But if it's systemic, if there are all these examples and the state of California believes that it is, then yeah, Activision should be liable for these kinds of things. Employees were further discouraged from complaining as human resource personnel were known to be close to alleged harassers. An internal investigation of the human resource unit noted that there was a big lack of trust and that HR is not held in high regard. And having worked in big business and companies for a long time, I'm not sure that HR is held in high regard at a lot of locations. Leave a comment if you love your HR department. Uh, but I don't view that as significant for a legal complaint of this type. Although if you do have continued issues with this, your HR has to be someplace where employees can go. So it's kind of a six and one half dozen of the other chicken egg problem. But I don't know that just saying HR is not held in high regard actually proves the point California is trying to make here. Unsurprisingly, employees' complaints were treated in a perfunctory and dismissive manner and not kept confidential, which is bad. As a result of these complaints, female employees were subjected to retaliation, including but not limited to being deprived of work on projects, unwillingly transferred to different units, and selected for layoffs. Again, if you complain to HR about something serious and this happens to you, that is, again, illegal in the state of California. We'll take a look at the elements of that as well. Plaintiff Department, an agency of the state of California, brings this enforcement action against defendants in its prosecutorial role, seeking relief in the public interest for the state and for defendants' female employees, the capital G group. Pursuant to the authority vested in the department under the government codes, the department enforcement action seeks to remedy, prevent, and deter unlawful harassment, retaliation, and discrimination. Specifically, the violations pled herein include claims for sex discrimination in terms and condition of employment, compensation assignment, promotion, constructive discharge, and termination, harassment, retaliation, failure to prevent all those things, and unequal pay. That's just the introduction. We're not going to read through every paragraph of this lawsuit, but it presents for us a kind of good level at which we can discuss what's happening here. So first, as we talked about, we see that the department has to go and look for mediation. If the department determines after investigation that the complaint is valid, the department shall immediately endeavor to eliminate the unlawful unemployment practice complained of by conference conciliation and persuasion. If that doesn't work in the case of a failure to eliminate an unlawful practice or in advance of if circumstances warrant, presumably on some kind of emergency basis, the director of the department in the director's discretion may bring a civil action, can file a lawsuit like we just saw. Prior to filing that civil action, the department shall require all parties to participate in mandatory dispute resolution in the department's internal dispute resolution division free of charge in an effort to resolve the dispute without litigation. Then we get some timing elements that are a little odd that we'll talk about. For any complaint treated by the director as a group or class complaint, which is what's happening here, for purposes of investigation, conciliation, mediation, or civil action, a civil action shall be brought, if at all, within two years after the filing of the complaint. And for all other complaints, a civil action shall be brought, if at all, within one year after the filing of a complaint. You might have seen articles here. I think IGN might even uh, mention it. Result of a two-year investigation. It's actually longer 
than two years. And you start to run into troubles with timing here that we are going to talk about in terms of procedure. Now, what is the primary law under which the state of California is acting here? It's a good one. For an employer, because of the race, religious, creed, color, national origin, ancestry, physical disability, mental disability, medical condition, genetic information, marital status, sex, gender, gender identity, gender expression, age, sexual orientation, or veteran or military status of any person to refuse to hire or employ the person or to refuse to select the person for a training program leading to employment or to bar or discharge the person from employment or from a training program leading to employment or here's where the rubber hits the road, to discriminate against the person in compensation or in terms, conditions, or privileges of employment. These are unlawful. It is an unlawful employment practice to discriminate on compensation, what you're actually doing in your job, the original hiring of you on the basis of things like sex, gender, gender identity, and gender expression. So that's the basis on which almost all of this case rests. Now, there is a corollary to that We see the essential factual elements as presented to a jury. We'll see at the end of this lawsuit that this is presented as a jury case are as follows. That the plaintiff here claims that Activision wrongfully discriminated against them to establish this claim. The plaintiff must prove all the following. That Activision is an employer. That's not going to be a difficult thing. That the plaintiff was an employee of Activision or had another contractual relationship with Activision. And we kind of allied some of these because this is actually presented by the state as a class action, but you can assume that it's based on somebody making this complaint for purposes of this discussion, that Activision discharged them, refused to hire them, did something else bad, subjected them to an adverse employment action, moving them around, or was constructively discharged, did something so bad that they voluntarily quit, that the plaintiff's protected status here, their status as a woman was a substantial motivating reason for Activision's decision to do the bad thing, that the plaintiff was harmed by that, and that Activision's conduct was a substantial factor in causing that harm. So especially with things like compensation, it's easy to say, okay, Activision, if we want to assume everything that the state of California says is true, is deliberately holding back money from women for reasons we can only guess, but bias in general. If you can show that, the damage claim here is pretty easy because you're establishing that I would have gotten that money if you were actually following the law. Now, the corollary to this particular aspect is a violation of the Equal Pay Act in California that says when a plaintiff claims that they were paid at a wage rate that is less than the rate paid to employees of the opposite sex, then to establish the claim as illegal, the plaintiff must show that they were paid less than the rate paid to a person of the opposite sex, that the plaintiff was performing substantially similar work as the other person considering the overall combination of skill, effort, and responsibility required, and that the plaintiff was working under similar working conditions as the other person. Substantially similar work is never going to fly for CEO, COO, down to chief people officer. So that's a non-winner just off the top. There are potential circumstances where you get two art directors, they're starting at the same place, they get the same reviews, and you just pay the women 20% less. That can cause a problem. But we don't know whether or not that is in fact the case at Activision. This is the same kind of complaint. This is just the pay version of the complaint for here. And we haven't gotten to harassment yet. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But that's overall what the state is trying to achieve here is trying to establish that there's discrimination. And the process, as we just talked about, has been ongoing for some time. Before we get to that process, I want to point out this is where we get the does one through 10 are added as parties. We don't know who those people are, says the state. And the department will amend the complaint to allege their true names and capacities when the same are ascertained. The department believes and alleges that each of those defendants is legally responsible 
for the occurrences, injuries, and damages alleged herein. And then we see that they're all part of an agency group for purposes of this complaint in a way that they want to establish means that individuals can be held liable for these kinds of things as well. In terms of the procedure, we see here that they brought their initial investigation on a complaint given to them on, it looks like October 12th, 2018. On October 29th, 2018, an amended complaint was filed and served to add Activision Blizzard. December 7th, there were more complaints. After more than two years of investigation, the department issued a cause finding on June 21st, 2021, so less than a month ago. In the course of the investigation, the department found evidence that defendants discriminated against female employees in terms and conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, termination, constructive discharge, and retaliation. Also found sexual harassment and found that the defendants' Activision failed to take reasonable steps to prevent those things. The department says they attempted to resolve this matter without litigation, as is required by the laws that we've read as part of this video. Prior to filing this civil action, the department required all parties to participate in mandatory dispute resolution in the department's internal dispute resolution division free of charge to the parties in an effort to resolve the dispute without litigation. Specifically, the department invited defendants to participate in a mediation session with the department's internal dispute resolution division on July 1st, 2nd, and 15th, but the parties were unable to resolve the administrative complaints. Then they talk about the rest of the law. If you're unable to solve it, then you can file a lawsuit. And because you might have noted that that's more than two years old, we see here paragraph 22 that it says, by operation of a signed agreement between the parties, the department's deadline to file a civil complaint is July 21st, 2021. The department filed its complaint prior to the deadline. In fact, one day before that deadline was to occur. Just administratively, and this shouldn't get anybody out of the very serious allegations that are made here, it's unclear to me, not a California lawyer and a California litigator, if they want to pop in the comments, can definitely talk about this a little bit. It's unclear to me that a party can waive this kind of two-year requirement, the statute of limitations here, because statutes of limitations primarily exist to make sure that evidence is still ripe, to make sure that things don't get too far afield from the actual facts presented, and here to make sure that the process is fair, that due process is given to the parties that are at issue in a complaint presented by the department. So this says, if you're going to have a group complaint, has to be brought within two years of filing. And I looked at the laws. I didn't see a place where it was obvious that this could be waived by one of the parties here. Perhaps it can. Perhaps there's another section people could direct me to. It's, again, a technical legal issue. It's not necessarily an issue that a court would ignore if waiver here isn't permitted. And the reason waiver might not be permitted, and it depends on the state and the jurisdictions and the jurisprudence and the precedents and things that California lawyers would know better than I, is that in this particular circumstance, you have a situation where the state of California can say, you're going to extend this or we're going to do very bad things to you right now. We're going to sue you as it stands right the second. We're going to make your life miserable. And so the signature is given by duress and it shouldn't be because two years is what's set forth in the statute, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know the circumstances there. Right now, we can assume that Blizzard Activision was sophisticated. They were perfectly within their powers and understanding to give what amounts to an extension or a waiver of the statute of limitations to the department. And the department took that extension and sued them, uh, I think, pretty close to three years after we're talking about the original complaints that have been made. Just kind of a sidebar, but an interesting one, because what this case winds up looking like to me is the stick that would have been used in this mediation process. And what I mean by that is 
You go into mediation, you're the state of California, and you say, we want $500 million. And I use that number basically because they say Riot should have to pay $400 million. They weren't actually a party to that. But they say, we want $500 million. Activision says that's ridiculous. We've got policies. Yes, we've made mistakes. We're not owe somebody half a billion dollars uh, for these purposes. State says, yes, we think that you do. And they say it again on the 1st, the 2nd, and 15th. And on the 15th, they say, look, you don't give us this or something else that Activision thinks is completely unwarranted and untowards, then we're just gonna file a lawsuit against you. And we'll see Activision complain about this process at the end of the video, but this is the kind of thing that if you're a government body or an agency or a prosecutor, you see all the time. If you don't agree to X, we're gonna make your life a living hell. In this case, we're gonna bring this complaint and Activision has called into question the good faith process that the state of California has used here. We can't speak to that because just like the complaint actually asserts, all of that is fact dependent. We don't know what happened in that mediation. We don't know whether the state of California acted as angels and offered Activision a get out of jail free card for a dollar. We don't know what was said in those things because they're confidential and for good reason. But we know that Activision's complaining about it vociferously. Uh, and we know that the state of California feels like they met their legal burden. If they didn't, this is the kind of place where a lawsuit of this type could short circuit, where a court could say, we don't think that you actually entered into these mediations in good faith. Go back to the table, do that kind of thing, and then come back to us if they break down from there. So that's another area where this could be a problem. The department brings this government enforcement action for group relief on behalf of itself in the public interest. The state of California isn't interested in having harassing companies in its jurisdiction and discriminating companies in its jurisdiction. That makes total sense. And all aggrieved female employees, the group, it's a class action. Uh, we continue on through this kind of procedural stance to get to the factual allegations. And we'll note here, this is on page 11. By the time you get to page 16, you're already talking about the counts. So I want to leave that in a kind of unusual step here for the end. We'll come back to page 11. We'll talk about the facts. We'll talk about why they really do raise concerns. Nobody wants to work for a place with some of the stuff that is alleged in those particular data points. But I wanted to talk about the actual causes of action here because I think it's useful to talk about the legal landscape before we talk about the stuff that is likely, as it did for me, to raise your emotional ire at some of the things that are alleged here. So the first cause of action, as we talked about, is about compensation. We see this 12940, as we just talked about in the jury instructions, 12940A, this particular law that talks generally about discrimination, is the one that's brought up at the top of almost all these counts. It says defendants intentionally discriminate against women in compensation. For example, defendants offered women lower compensation at higher, assigned them to lower paid and less opportunity levels and roles, awarded them less incentive pay and or equity pay opportunities, and afforded them less advancement and other opportunities than their male counterparts. And counterparts is doing so much of the heavy lifting here. Because again, when we talk about discrimination, it's on the concept that people are doing the same thing. No one should expect if you are the chief people officer to get the same as the chief executive officer. And that goes along all the way through a hierarchy of a corporation. When you combine that with kind of merit analysis, what the state actually has to show is that they were doing the same thing, or perhaps ideally for the state of California, that the woman was doing something better and Activision nonetheless did bad things to that person. And they have to show it as a systemic problem across the institution. Defendants, policies, practices, and or procedures, that's the system that they have to allege, have resulted in unlawful, disparate impact discrimination against women with respect to compensation opportunities. That the way they're structured, the way their policies operate, what they allow, what they don't, have resulted in a system of depressing 
female pay at Activision Blizzard. For example, defendants offered women lower compensation and higher. Oh, we get the same examples here. As a result, defendants unlawful employment practices, female employees suffered and continue to suffer harm, including but not limited to lost earnings, lost benefits, lost future employment opportunities, and other financial loss. As I said, this one is easy to prove in respect to damages. Defendants' actions demonstrate that they will continue to engage in this pattern and practice of unlawful employment discrimination. So we have a reason, court, jury, to ask for you to stop these things. And defendants' actions were willful, malicious, fraudulent, and oppressive, and were committed with the wrongful intent to injure female employees in conscious disregard of their rights. That's a heck of a thing to allege, right? I think if we were being generous to Activision or to anyone else that's caught in these kinds of discussions, you could say, hey, we've got a subconscious bias, and we're very sorry about that. We're going to correct it. State of California here is alleging that they are intending to do this bad thing as an institution against women. And that's going to be a hard thing to prove. That's one of the reasons you go into Discovery. You're looking for emails that are subject heading, let's depress women's salaries and Bobby Kotick responding with a ha ha, yes, let's do that meme. And that's going to be tough to find. But if you get into the willful, fraudulent and oppressive bucket, then you get higher fees, you get bigger penalties in every state. uh, And one presumes in California as well. Unless the defendants are enjoined, unless a court prevents them from continuing to do this, Female employees' right to seek or hold employment free of unlawful discrimination will continue to be violated by reason of the continuous nature of defendants' unlawful conduct. The continuing violations doctrine is applicable to all violations alleged herein, meaning they still are alive for purposes of a court to make a determination here. And here's where you see the state of California has really reached far. And we don't know where its grasp ends because these kinds of things are so, so fact-dependent. It matters what pages 11 to 16 say, and we'll get to those after we talk about the counts. But they have alleged that it's institutional, it's systemic. The practices, the policies have resulted in all these things, that everything is continuing, that we should get an enjoined status from the court to actually prevent them from continuing to do these things. And we did it primarily with anecdotal and data point-driven examples. Then you get the same kind of complaint on all the other grounds that they talked about in the introduction paragraph. That was compensation. Here's promotion. And we see defendants intentionally discriminate against women in promotion and advancement opportunities, for example, and the same kind of thing. Defendants assigned women to the lower paid and lower opportunity levels and roles, delayed their career advancement, denied them promotional opportunities afforded to their male counterparts, and refused to promote women because they might get pregnant even when women performed higher level work for extended periods of time. That is stronger than this kind of counterpart language. Higher level work for extended periods of time is where you can get into trouble. And if the state of California can prove that, that starts to make their case significantly stronger. Then we have disparate impact. You have everything else among other practices. Defendants quota system, which isn't described as far as I could see in this complaint. Lack of application process for promotional opportunities, as well as its informal and opaque decision-making process resulted in female employees being promoted at slower rates than their male counterparts. This is a weird assertion. Because this is, like we saw with policies and procedures, a statement from the state of California that Activision has to comport its internal decision-making in a specific way. Uh, And that's always going to be a little bit harder than just stating that it's discriminatory on its disparate impact basis. In the state of California, I suspect that that could find some purchase, that they might have some luck with a claim like this, because the state of California really is a very aggressive state in making these determinations for corporations within their jurisdiction. But like the other complaint parts that we've seen and discussed already, this is the kind of thing that California is going to have to spend some time proving and showing to a court. 
As a result, they suffer harm. They'll continue to do it. It was willful, malicious, and fraudulent. They have to be enjoined. And then we get to the third cause of action, termination. And we get the same kind of thing. Defendants, policies, practices, and procedures have resulted in unlawful, disparate impact discrimination with respect to termination. And it caused them harm because they don't have a job anymore. It was willful, etc. Constructive discharge. Defendants constructively discharged women in violation of the discrimination code. For example, in denying women promotions, assignments, and compensation in comparison to their male counterparts and subjecting them to sexual harassment and hostile work environment, defendants effectively forced female employees to leave their employment with defendants. Now, they try to drag in harassment here in a way that I don't know will work in California because when we actually go and we look at what is happening with harassment, we see that a harassment claim is about conduct that is severe and persuasive, that is hostile, intimidating, offensive, oppressive, or abusive, And more specifically, if we look at the definitions that are often provided to juries and where they come from, that are distinct from discrimination. We have here a quote from a case in California. We conclude that the legislature intended that commonly necessary personnel management actions, such as hiring and firing, job or project assignments, office or workstation assignments, promotion or demotion, performance evaluations, the provision of support, the assignment or non-assignment of supervisory functions, deciding who will and who will not attend meetings, deciding who will be laid off and the like, do not come within the meaning of harassment. Harassment, by contrast, consists of actions outside the scope of job duties, which are not of a type necessary to business and personal management. Now note, that doesn't mean that you can't bring a claim for both, as we see in front of us, but also as reported on by the California courts. We can discern no reason why an employee who is the victim of discrimination based on some official action of the employer cannot also be the victim of harassment by a supervisor for abusive messages that create a hostile working environment. And under the governmental code, the employee would have two separate claims of injury. Baking it into a constructive discharge complaint is potentially problematic, but it might work in California. The point is that this is discrimination that they tie into the harassment where a lot of their examples are more eye-opening and potentially uh, more significant to jury members that are going to be susceptible to having their eyes open in the ways that I think some people that have reported on this and that have read those reports have had happen in the past 24 hours or so. Continuing from the constructive discharge action, we get to the fifth cause of action, which is harassment. As we just talked about when reading through the jury instructions, harassment is distinct from discrimination, but it is an important separate cause of action. And I think it's the one that really has raised those eyebrows that I was just mentioning. In fact, as we talked about, IGN only reported basically on the harassment, the frat boy culture and sexual harassment. And As this lawsuit brings up, it says defendants, female employees were routinely subjected to unwelcome sexual advancements and other harassing conduct. The harassment was perpetuated by defendants, supervisors and or defendants knew or should have known of the conduct and failed to take immediate and appropriate corrective action. As a result, female employees suffered and continue to suffer harm, including but not limited to emotional pain, humiliation, embarrassment, belittlement, sadness and mental anguish in an amount to be determined at trial. And defendants was willful, malicious, and it's continuing. And you need to help us out court by actually enjoining them from being able to do these things on a continuing basis. So we see harassment is only a part. It's only the fifth cause of action. And it's brought in connection with a couple of things. So we saw the discrimination about pay and termination and promotion and constructive discharge. And we saw harassment. Now we see retaliation brought up as a separate cause of action. And we go and we look at retaliation, if I can pull up the right one. And we see this is a similar kind of concept. It says the plaintiff was doing something protected, something like talking to HR about potentially illegal activity happening at their employer. And that the plaintiff was then discharged, demoted, had something else bad happen to them by virtue of Activision deciding to do it. 
The plaintiff's protected activity talking to HR, causing trouble for Activision, was a substantial motivating reason for Activision deciding to do those things, and that the plaintiff was harmed because Activision decided to do those things. But the other thing that we would point out is that one of the things that you can bring against a company in California is this failure to prevent harassment, discrimination, or retaliation. We see the name of defendant failed to take all reasonable steps to prevent harassment, discrimination, and retaliation is a separate legal action and is part of a package that we would expect to see as what amounts to kind of a boilerplate package from the state of California or even from civil complainants that says, okay, if we're going to bring a complaint that you're underpaying women, that you've, we've got some cases where you've got cube crawls, you've got all this other bad stuff, some of which we're going to talk about towards the end of this video, then we can bring a complaint for harassment. We can bring a complaint for discrimination. We can bring a complaint for retaliation. And then that all gets baked into failure to prevent harassment, discrimination, or retaliation. So if we look at the lawsuit, we'd expect that to be the next cause of action. And indeed it is failure to prevent discrimination and harassment on behalf of the group, the, the women that the department is bringing it on, and another cause of action on behalf of the department itself, because the state of California doesn't want this. Then we get the ninth cause of action, which is unequal pay, which really ties into the first cause of action about discrimination on the basis of payment. And we get a 10th cause of action, which really isn't measured in the introduction that says effectively that Activision tried to condition continued employment, bonuses, raises on a general release document, something that would say that the employee releases Activision from all prior complaints that they might have against it in violation of California law. Now, as I've mentioned a couple times, I'm not a California lawyer. This is one of those places where California has stricter rules than a lot of the states in the United States. It's very common for me to see when I'm doing my work here in Michigan or elsewhere, a document that says, you're going to get this thing, employee, you're going to get this thing, manager, whatever else it might be, as long as we have a mutual release of claims that both sides agree that we're not going to sue each other on anything that happened before this time and actually acts as a bit of a settlement if there was ever anything that could have potentially given rise to a complaint in a state or federal court. And those releases are not all that unusual. But in the state of California, as asserted by the state of California, they are illegal. So when Activision was asking for those things, they had their own separate cause of action that can be brought against them for asking employees to give up certain rights, which California says they aren't allowed to give up. Now, it'll be interesting to see where that one goes. Again, very fact dependent. What is Activision asking people to do? What are the rules? in California. And then we get the prayer for relief, which is, hey, we want money. We want unpaid wages. We want the court to say you can't do this. We want the court to establish that Activision did something wrong. We want interest. We want attorney's fees. We want everything else the court wants to give us. And we want it to be adjudicated in front of a jury. Why do they want it in front of a jury? Well, because there are a lot of emotional claims here. And I don't blame the state of California for this at all, but juries are going to be more susceptible than a judge who sees these things a little bit more often than those jury members to thinking about these things, thinking about how they would react if their mother, their sister, their daughter were in this position. And that's a smart play by the state of California. Uh, and I would expect them to get that jury trial uh, as part of this if it goes that far. But ultimately, one of the things that I wanted to point out before we get to those stories, those data points, those anecdotes that the state of California has brought is that this is far more of a discrimination case 
than a harassment case. The vast bulk of this document is dedicated to talking about unequal pay and treatment of women on managerial decisions, not on the cube crawl and on the harassment. Those are brought up. Those are significant. Those are very bad. The stories presented are very, very bad and should be investigated and treated with all the seriousness that they deserve. They are not the focus of the actual complaint that California has brought. And the focus of that complaint is a little bit more opaque than the actual harassment complaints. And the harassment, I think, is probably more likely to succeed, even though they're going to have that same problem proving things systemically, than some of the unequal treatment, because what's presented here as unequal treatment basically has the same problems as that very first thing that they put in the introduction about the fact that the chief people officer doesn't make as much as the chief executive officer, which is not going to play, I don't think, even in California. So let's get to those factual allegations. This is where the state of California has to say how it arrived at bringing those counts against Activision Blizzard. And I will say, as I said earlier in this video, I think this is good enough to avoid summary dismissal. I think it's well pled. I don't think it's good enough to make their case today, and it doesn't have to be. And I don't think it's the kind of thing that people should just be going out there on Twitter or social media or elsewise and assuming that everything that the state of California complains of is 100% accurate and Activision should be raked over the coals before the process is complete. Believe me, there's a lot of stuff here that would be suggestive of raking them over the coals. I don't blame you uh, for it, but I would caution folks to let the process play out a little bit because this is California's maximum leverage play to get Activision back at the settlement table to extract money, concessions, maybe even an apology out of the company. And so this is presented pretty much as strongly as possible by a state that wants to see something happen to the defendant. So let's start on page 11 as promised. Defendants have engaged in and continue to perpetuate discriminatory practices with respect to pay, assignment, promotion, and other terms and conditions of employment which negatively affect and impact female employees. That's an exact kind of replica of what the law requires in that section A that we've talked about. These discriminatory practices begin at hiring when women are offered lower compensation and less lucrative job assignments and opportunities than their male counterparts. As we talked about, the fundamental issue here now is that you have to try to prove that there's a systemic need at Activision to hire women specifically at lower incomes and lower job titles than men. That's going to be very difficult to prove. And you kind of skip it when you talk specifically about pay and counterparts, because a lead art director is not the same as just an art design person, is not the same as whatever other titles Activision might be using, same for coders or designers or anybody else. Senior, junior, all these things play into what your compensation is expected to be. I expect most of the people watching and or listening to this know that your job title generally matters, and it's going to matter for your responsibility. It's going to matter for what you do. It's going to matter for what you get paid. So you have a duty, if you're the state of California, to establish the fact that these really are counterparts. And this is essentially asserted here in a fashion that's fine for a complaint, but will be the fight that happens should this go to trial. The pay disparity continued throughout employment for female employees. Defendants paid female employees significantly less than their male counterparts after hire. This pattern of practice and violations are continuing. Women were also afforded less stock and incentive pay opportunities. Female employees were overwhelmingly assigned into lower grades levels without stock and incentive pay opportunities or less opportunities. They're assigned to different jobs. And that can be its own systemic discrimination. It's probably not on pay. It's probably on hire. But again, they're kind of elided here in the complaints. 
Women were steered into the lower levels of defendants' hierarchy and often had to work harder and longer to earn equal promotional and other opportunities as their male counterparts. As an example, a female employee working for Blizzard Entertainment was assigned to a lower level role, denied equal pay, and subsequently sought a promotion because she had been carrying out duties exceeding her job description. Now, let's start there. There's a kind of rhetorical skip here, and it's unclear what this means. They're assigned to a lower level role. They, they got hired for a lower level job, and then they were denied equal pay. Does that mean, is the state asserting here that they were denied equal pay even at that level? Or does denied equal pay essentially skipping a base to say that they should have been hired for a different job and they didn't get the pay for that job, and then they were carrying out duties probably that equaled that other job that exceeded their job description? A lot of stuff isn't explained here. A lot of stuff is kind of simply anecdotally given. And this kind of thing could potentially arrive in an illegal activity by Activision. But there's a lot of gray area that Activision would presumably have examples with which to defend itself. Continuing, when we read more about this particular case, it says she was repeatedly told it was not her turn and others deserved a promotion ahead of her. Ultimately, the employee was promoted after three years while her male counterpart was promoted within a year of his hire despite having started several months after her. Her male counterpart was also assigned leadership responsibilities, which she was not afforded, responsibilities which furthered the male employee's ability to get promoted. Now, if you've looked at these kind of things before, you can probably already tell some of the weaknesses in just using a data point or an anecdote. If they are performing at the same level or if the woman is performing significantly better than the man, this is horrible. This sounds terrible and absolutely bring a complaint to the department, have this conversation, and maybe that is in fact the case. But it's also easy enough to read between an anecdote's lines here and say, well, we don't really have a description of how the person was performing in their job versus this male counterpart, what role that male counterpart had. And I think we've all been in positions in jobs where somebody's a superstar. Somebody rolls in, does the job fantastically well, and rockets off outside of your department faster than you even can get to know them sometimes. Sometimes that's a man, sometimes that's a woman. That doesn't mean that's what's happening here. But for any given data point, you as the state are going to have to establish that this is a part of a systemic desire at the institution to keep women down specifically. In another example, the state continues, a female employee who worked at Blizzard was assigned to a lower level, denied equal pay, and passed over for a promotion despite multiple factors that suggested she earned it. Highly rated performance reviews, generated significantly more revenue in her marketing campaigns than her male counterpart, and ran almost twice as many campaigns as her male counterpart. Despite her accomplishments, her male counterpart was invited to have meeting, monthly or weekly one-on-one -on -one meetings with the vice president. She was not afforded these same opportunities and unsurprisingly was passed over for a promotion in favor of her male counterpart. Now this, in my opinion, is a much stronger anecdote than the one that was immediately given before. This kind of stuff, she made more money for the company, she did more for the company than this quote unquote male partner, uh, counterpart who got promoted and, and she was passed over. That reads to me a lot better than this kind of more generic anecdote about this. However, if you're Activision, and we don't know the books and records at issue here, you could say, okay, she generated significantly more revenue. Is that in the aggregate? If she's running twice as many campaigns, that would be suspected to be true. However, maybe the male counterpart was given one and was doing a lot better for that given campaign, even though it wasn't as in aggregate as much, maybe. Or maybe this is exactly as asserted by the state of California, and that particular male counterpart became friends with the vice president. They went drinking, they did other bad stuff. And that's why he got promoted and she didn't. So data, anecdotes, all this stuff is good enough for a complaint, but everything that goes into the case itself is going to require a lot more building and a lot more discovery. Discovery that Activision isn't going to want to engage in, but that would need to take place for California to make its case in front of a judge or jury, as the case may be. 
Similarly, other female employees at Blizzard Entertainment were assigned to lower level roles, denied equal pay, and further delayed or passed over for promotions in favor of male counterparts who lacked the same experience or qualifications, but who were friends with the male head of the unit. A newly promoted male supervisor delegated his responsibilities to his now female subordinates in favor of playing Call of Duty. Other male supervisors would refuse to communicate with female employees going to their male counterparts for information. And again, we don't know how pervasive this is. This is again, another example of a good anecdote that puts Activision in a bad light. I think it's good for the complaint. I think it's good for the state of California to include it. I will say, as I said really early on in this video, playing Call of Duty doesn't read the same way in this particular complaint as it would in a complaint against most other companies because Call of Duty is, of course, a product that Activision Blizzard makes and probably should be referenced as part of this particular complaint. You can imagine situations where somebody is legitimately playing Call of Duty in order to assess it in some fashion and that that gets maybe misinterpreted by people that are talking about this. You can also imagine the case where it's exactly as the state of California says, and that basically there was some manager somewhere that really only wanted to promote guys, really didn't like women, and that's of course a problem for an institution. Female employees at Activision Publishing were also assigned to lower level roles, denied equal pay, delayed or passed over. As an example, a female human resources employee at Publishing was delayed and passed over for a promotion despite receiving positive performance reviews, doing substantially more work than her male counterpart and taking over the actual responsibilities of the departing person. Female accounting employees at Activision Publishing likewise note that male counterparts were paid significantly more than them despite doing the same or less work and having less responsibilities. This is a good anecdote. This is one where it's difficult to imagine scenarios where that's acceptable. Although you get into another circumstance where you say, okay, what does male counterpart mean here? And this is where the state of California, I think, really shot itself in the foot with its opening paragraphs. When you go out to the court and suggest that the chief people officer is the same as the chief executive officer or the chief legal officer or anything else, then you've already kind of blown what you mean by counterpart, in my opinion. And you should be more careful about that if you're going to bring this complaint, because this counterpart language, the substantially similar language, that's going to matter. And when you get to sentences like this, this is a good one for the state of California. Hey, they've got accounting employees at publishing that say male counterparts were paid more and did less. That's good stuff for the state of California. Then we get into pregnancy, which we saw referenced in their own uh, complaints and counts later on. A female employee working on a one-game team had assumed some of the responsibilities of a manager, but when she asked her male supervisor about being paid fairly for the work she was actually doing and promoted into the position, the manager commented that she could not risk promoting her as she might get pregnant and like being a mom too much. They could not risk promoting her. In general, female employees were further treated negatively due to their pregnancies. Supervisors ignored medical restrictions given to female employees and gave them negative evaluations while they were out on maternity leave. Other female employees reported that they were criticized for leaving to pick up their children from daycare while their male counterparts were playing video games. Again, another reference to Activision maybe or maybe not being a problem. And female employees were kicked out of lactation rooms so employees could use the room for meetings, obviously. Bad stuff. And if proven, certainly suggests certain things about at least specific managers and specific things about the institution. But do they rise to the level of this kind of systemic issue? That's going to be something that the state of California is going to have to prove. Women of color were particularly vulnerable targets of defendants' discriminatory practices. Now note, the state of California didn't bring a racial component in the counts that we previously read. So this is added essentially as highlighting of a specific issue, even though the department didn't feel that it rose to the level of bringing a separate complaint. An African-American employee noted that it took her two years to be made into a permanent employee while men hired after her 
were made permanent employees. And we see the same kind of anecdotal issue with a sentence like this one. We don't know the situation of the men. We don't know what role they were hired in. We don't know what role the original employee complaining here was hired in. We don't know a lot of facts and details. And so much of this is based on those facts and details. She also was micromanaged such that her male coworkers were known to be playing video games without any intervention by her supervisor, but her supervisor would call and check on her if she took a break to go on a walk. Another African-American employee who worked on information technology was similarly micromanaged by her manager, unlike the men on her team. When she requested time off of work, her manager made her write a one-page summary of how she would spend that time off when no one else had to do any write-up. The male supervisor also criticized her body language despite male counterparts slouching in meetings and she was scolded for asking for assistance while others could get help on similar tasks without the same criticism. These experiences led female employees to leave their employment with defendants. Now, on a systemic basis, if all this is true, rises to the level of problem. Nothing wrong with bringing this up in the complaint. On an individual basis, this sounds a lot like complaints that you might hear operating a company on any kind of day-to-day -day basis. It's unclear why exactly this is reference is happening specifically to an African-American, specifically to a woman, when I strongly suspect that Activision has uh, significant issues with a whole lot of its employees that arise in similar circumstances such as this. We don't know that. We don't know anything about the data here because all of this is presented effectively as data points. Those are the only data points you get for the primary impetus of this complaint. As a result of these discriminatory pay assignment, promotion, and other practices, defendants' gender pay gap is significant. Defendants paid female employees significantly less in base pay and total compensation than their male counterparts. Again, we're unclear. Is that all women versus all men? What job roles, what titles, what does all this relate to? This pattern or practice and violations were continuing. When women complained to human resource personnel about the lack of equal employment opportunities, especially in comparison to their male counterparts, their complaints fell on deaf ears. Indeed, despite having retained law firms to allegedly provide analysis related to compensation data, allegedly provide that analysis is amusing allegedly there from the state. Defendants failed to take effective and reasonable steps to prevent pay discrimination as the pay disparity between male and female employees was not remedied and continued. As a result of these discriminatory practices, female employees were forced to leave their employment. For example, female employees noted that they accepted less compensation than they were making in their prior employment or offered by other companies to work for defendants with the hollow promise that they would get promoted or get other forms of compensation to make up the difference. I can't speak to everyone here. I can tell you I've taken jobs. I've moved into positions where somebody promises me that the world in a year or what have you, and it doesn't really pan out that way. And yes, if that's only made to women and not to men and men get all the promotions and all the money, absolutely bring this complaint, have this lawsuit, have this fight. Anecdotally, you're just not there yet. So there's going to have to be a discovery phase that actually establishes that this is systematic against women. Uh, and that's not what is appearing here yet. Now, in order to make their case stronger, the state of California brings all the things that you've seen reported on everywhere. This is the sexual harassment place of the case. I'm going to try to avoid most of the stuff that is descriptive here, uh, and that's not to otherwise cushion the blows from Activision. That's basically to try to prevent uh, Google and YouTube from just throwing this video under the bus, but you can absolutely check out the document. It will be linked in the description. We'll talk about some of this stuff, and some of this sounds absolutely repugnant. Female employees almost universally confirmed that working for defendants was akin to working in a frat house, which invariably involved male employees drinking and subjecting female employees to sexual harassment with no repercussion. This sounds a lot like what we've seen in the video game industry, whether it's Ubisoft, whether it's Riot, other complaints that we have seen in the recent past. Today, California knows that. And if it is true, it's horrible. And I would not expect this from any industry participant in 2021 in any industry. 
And if this is in fact happening, then the sexual harassment component here is entirely necessary and should be looked at with a great deal of seriousness by the state, by people that look at Activision, by Activision itself, obviously. Cube crawls in defendants' offices were common and male employees proudly came into work hungover. Similarly, male employees would play video games during work, engage in banner about their sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and make numerous jokes about rape. As a product of this frat boy culture, women were subjected to numerous sexual comments and advances, groping and unwanted physical touching and other forms of harassment. A female employee noted that random male employees would approach her on defendant's work site and comment on her breasts. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning behavior. This behavior was known to supervisors and encouraged by them, including a male supervisor openly encouraging a male subordinate to buy a prostitute to cure his bad mood. Yeah, none of that's good. None of that's good at all, and it's exactly the kind of thing that sexual harassment laws are designed to prevent at a foundational level. Then you get into the state being a little bit um, strategic in a way that I find objectionable, and we're going to try to skip through this. This will appear on your screen uh, because I can't actually modify this particular document here, but one of the things that they do is that they call out the behavior of a specific person operating at Blizzard, and they call this person out despite them not being a party to this actual complaint, not being a party to this litigation, not having an opportunity to defend himself. And I'm not saying this person isn't the worst person in the world. I am saying that when you're going to bring a public document like this, that's going to be reported on, you know, it's going to be reported on. That's why you wrote it the way that you wrote it. That's why the leverage works when you're talking about mediation and you include the name of somebody that's not a party to the actual complaint. That raises a problem for me because that person hasn't had a day in court. And if you're not going to use even allegedly, if you're not going to just use the job title, that is a significant issue. Now, we don't know exactly whether this person has some kind of settlement with the department uh, that would indicate that they don't have to use allegedly or something along those lines. But as far as we can see from the outside, it's really going a step too far from my perspective for the state to do these kinds of things. And the state really has to be based around justice and fundamental fairness principles. And this kind of broaches that line. Now, without kind of discussing the names here, we do see that they have, that this individual is blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions. They're using it as an example for how Blizzard failed to address these kinds of issues uh, and says that they got a slap on a wrist from the president of Blizzard. That's all focused on Blizzard, not Activision Blizzard. And so what we've got is cube crawls, which are universally confirmed. We've got a specific individual, which is named and then we've got this suicide. And you'll note that the state of California, which we are going to describe here, so skip ahead a minute or two if you don't want to hear about it, actually couches itself very, very differently than it did with the immediately prior paragraph that talks about somebody doing very bad things. This says, in a tragic example of the harassment that defendants allowed to fester in their offices, a female employee committed suicide while on a company trip due to a sexual relationship that she had been having with her male supervisor. Now, it's unclear exactly how the state of California knows precisely what the suicide was due to. The male supervisor was found by police to have brought sex toys on the business trip. Another employee confirmed that the deceased female employee may have been suffering from other sexual harassment at work prior to her death, specifically at a holiday party where male coworkers were alleged to be passing around nude pictures of her. And you could see that couching, right? So we've got this is happening because of a sexual relationship. The, the male supervisor brought sex toys 
And then another employee, singular, confirmed that they may have been suffering other sexual harassment for the alleged passing around of photos, which we can read to mean that the state doesn't actually have any evidence of this. They have testimony from one person and they use may and alleged and all that here. And then they actually say that this suicide happened due to the sexual relationship. All of this is horrible. All of this is terrible. And if it is in fact due to all these things, Activision needs to be punished, needs to look at its policies, procedures, needs to look at who it hires, needs to look at how it handles things. And I don't want to minimize that aspect of this at all. What I do want to say is that Activision will respond very strongly to that particular paragraph in their response to IGN and that the state of California doesn't actually make the connection between the sexual relationship, which you shouldn't be having between supervisors and supervisees anyway, and the suicide, as well as the other components, which are used by apparently one person's testimony. So that's it for harassment. That's what you've seen in all these various articles. And they're very, very bad. And they should be looked at. And the states should look at these things. California, Michigan, wherever you are. Uh, but whether or not that's a systemic problem or whether or not that's one bad apple or two or four out of 9,500 is going to be a part of the case. And that's going to be an important part of the case when talking about things from a legal perspective. Then you get the retaliation and defendant's failure to prevent all these various things that we saw as part of the counts. We see that the company itself didn't respond to complaints as alleged by the state of California, that the didn't like HR, HR was not held in high regard, and that the defendant's flaws, all of Activision's flaws, essentially allowed all of these things to continue. But again, we have two paragraphs here. We don't even have specific anecdotes. So you get to the end of all this, and you've got a lawsuit that makes headlines. It'll probably appear in every single gaming outlet. It obviously appears here in virtual legality because it's a gaming lawsuit. This is what we talk about here. We talked about it for more than an hour now, but it's an important one because everything you're hearing about this company, if it's 100% true, if the state of California is right that Activision Blizzard was doing this specifically, oppressively, maliciously, then they deserve the book to be thrown at them. But as it stands right now, you've got a complaint document which is designed to make you think that before any counter complaint or other defenses presented by Activision Blizzard. And what you've got it premised around are anecdotes, data points. Whereas I said in this Twitter thread that I put up last night, effectively, they're anecdotal. And while bad if proven true, and undoubtedly bad, terribly bad, they don't themselves rise to showing a systemic issue, which anecdotal data points really can't. You can't take data points and pluck them from here and there and then say this proves an institutional issue, especially when you're talking about 9,500 people in multiple offices. That doesn't mean, as I say here, California can't prove it case, but it does mean they have to do a lot more. And if it continues, it's going to get messy or it's going to settle pretty quickly. Now, my money is always on settlement in cases like this because Activision Blizzard doesn't have any idea what skeletons are in all of its closets. It's too big of an institution. And you don't want the state of California or the federal government or anybody else going through your compensation decisions, going through your emails, going through your correspondence because something will be there. There's something in every closet and you don't know what that'll look like and you try to avoid it if you can, because ugly stuff will come out, ugly stuff will get leaked, it'll be in more articles, it'll cause more damage to your company and to your brand. And that's what the state of California is counting on. And not wrongly so, especially if Activision is in fact responsible as California suggests. But Activision does know that they're getting pressured here, that they're getting leveraged here. And while I think this is the totally incorrect way to respond to an issue like this, you can, if you are generous to Activision and imagine that California is taking a couple of bad apples and a couple of bad stories and railroading Activision to make a point, 
come to a similar state status as Activision does here that says California is acting uh, incorrectly. But let's take a look at what they actually said. Activision Blizzard says, we value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone. There is no place in our company or industry or any industry for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind. We take every allegation seriously and investigate all claims. In cases related to misconduct, action was taken to address the issue. That's not part of the complaint. We don't know what action was taken. We do know that one of the paragraphs they mentioned, a specific individual, that that individual is no longer working for Activision Blizzard. And we don't know the entire story there. And to bring it up in that particular context is suggestive of Activision Blizzard not doing enough, but it's unclear exactly what Activision Blizzard can do once a bad thing happens, if it's against their policies and they investigate it and they terminate the person, what it is that they should do. So we've got different approaches to these specific facts, and this will be a factual inquiry. Continuing with Activision Blizzard's response, the department includes distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. And they are accusing California of lying, which of course, if they were, adds an entirely different wrinkle to all of these things. As I've said, they definitely take certain ambiguities in the language that they're using about hiring people for different roles, whether they are in fact counterparts, what equal pay means in the way that they've used it to describe it. We've been extremely cooperative with the department throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. Now that's an interesting accusation, right? When we go back to the law, if the department determines after investigation that the complaint is valid, the department shall immediately endeavor to eliminate the unlawful employment practice. And hey, here's when you can sue over it is very much suggestive of letting the party know what the state thinks is wrong. Now, Activision could be lying here. Activision could be eliding what California actually told them. We have to use their statement with the same grain of salt we apply to the actual complaint in the state of California. But if California just blanketly refused to tell them what they were seeing, it's very difficult to read any kind of mediation as made in good faith. They were required by law to adequately investigate and to have good faith discussions with us to better understand and resolve any claims or concerns before going to litigation, but they failed to do so. Instead, they rushed to file an inaccurate complaint as we will demonstrate in court. We are sickened by the reprehensible conduct of the department to drag into the complaint the tragic suicide of an employee whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case and with no regard for her grieving family. While we find this behavior on the part of the state to be disgraceful and unprofessional, it is unfortunately an example of how they have conducted themselves throughout the course of their investigation. It is this type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. Okay, so as we talked about before going into this particular statement, it is understandable if you are a company who feels that you are being railroaded and that specific bad Apple data points are being picked up by the state to be angry about that. It is understandable if you are in fact being railroaded to make statements like this in back rooms, between your C-level executives, at your company. It is not, perhaps, as we talk about messaging so often in this space, the best idea to go out with a direct attack on the state of California. Uh, my tonal recommendation would have been something along the lines of saying how important it is, of course, for the state to try to stamp out these bad policies and how important it is to be good industry actors but that you disagree vehemently with what the state has found here and with the complaint and you'll prove it in court as they do a little bit better earlier in the statement. When you finish out with, this is why everybody's leaving California, you kind of lose the, the high ground of what you're trying to say. And I think a lot of people are going to ignore you because 
a lot of what the state of California has alleged looks so bad. Your objective, if you're Activision, is to try to establish that it's not as is described by the state of California, that there are bad actions, that it's not systemic, that these things happened in the past or are lies. Those are all fine. But when you get down to this is a witch hunt against Activision, this is why so many other companies have left, even if it's true, even if you believe it with your whole heart at Activision, you probably don't want to go out in this way because it looks terrible to anybody that isn't already on your side. The picture the department paints is not the Blizzard workplace of today. Over the past several years and continuing since the initial investigation started, which was, I believe, 2018, we've made significant changes to address company culture and reflect more diversity within our leadership teams. We got your complaint. We've tried to address it. We've made steps to address it. This didn't need to escalate to a lawsuit. We're back on a normal kind of statement playing field from this middle paragraph. For example, we reward and compensate employees based on their performance and we conduct extensive anti-discrimination trainings, including for those who are part of the compensation process. A generalized kind of meritocracy defense here. And meritocracy is important when you're talking about equal pay because the state of California and their lawsuit kind of skips over what a counterpart is, what equal pay actually is, says some good stuff in their data, in their anecdotes about somebody bringing in more revenue, somebody potentially doing more and that kind of thing. But there's still an area for Activision to say, okay, yes, they were doing more, but this person was doing it better. They were doing more, uh, but they made mistakes that we had to correct with another employee. You know, all these other things that could be happening behind the scenes that could be justified. And we don't know until Activision gets its chance to bring its claims and counter complaints and all those various things, exactly what might be occurring here with these particular data points. Now, the harassment stuff is significantly worse. You don't actually see Activision respond to that so much, except to say it's inaccurate and that it's deplorable that they bring in the suicide that doesn't relate directly to their complaint. And I tend to agree the harassment section that was brought up here seems to be to buoy the notion that Activision Blizzard is a bad place, is a bad actor, is an evil company, when what you're really fighting over for almost the entirety of the complaint is an equal pay kind of concept. In fact, even when you separate the termination and the constructive termination and the promotion and all that stuff from the complaint, it still comes back to that last paragraph that says, all of this stuff has led to a disparity in pay gap. That it would strike me that the state of California central thesis is that you are paying women separately than men. This is manifested in these fashions. And oh, by the way, we also found complaints of harassment that we can put in this complaint that absolutely are worth looking at and will be illegal if they're found to be true. And we can use them to establish that you're a bad person, that you're a bad entity. You see the language used in the lawsuit that says things like, it's no surprise that a company that has cube crawls would discriminate and harass and that kind of thing. And it's an, inter it's an interesting strategy I think what winds up happening is you get these kinds of headlines when the bulk of the complaint is really about that discrimination and equal pay concept over the harassment one, and you get the description of the actual harassment materials. But I can't blame the state of California for doing it that way. And certainly everybody that's paying attention to this story is justified in paying attention to it. It's serious. It's important. And Activision Blizzard shouldn't be having cube crawls. Activision Blizzard shouldn't be having people getting drunk, whether they're men or women in their offices because drunk people do stupid things as any lawyer will tell you. Uh, but does it arrive at systematic discrimination? Does it arrive at what the state of California has alleged here? They open up with the wrong foot example. They open up with random articles that have nothing to do with Activision. They make mistakes in how this is presented strategically. Will that harm them? Probably not, but probably not because Activision is more likely than not going to settle this thing unless California is really eager to make an example 
of one of the biggest game publishers in the world. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoy these deep dives of lawsuits. I'm sorry this one's running almost an hour and a half long, but hopefully it was informational. Hopefully it was educational. If you do like these conversations, please consider supporting the channel on Patreon or just subscribing and telling your friends that we're having these conversations. Pass it along on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit, on whatever forum you're talking about these things on. Leave a comment to this video about what you think is right, what you think is happening, what you think is wrong. If this should proceed in this fashion, whether the state of California is railroading Activision, whether Activision is one of the worst companies on the planet and deserving of every little bit that it gets here. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.